The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Thank you this morning. How could we thank you enough for the blessing of another day? The blessing of a fresh start. Thank you for the mercies that are renewed to us this morning. Thank you that when we woke up this morning, we could see with our eyes. We could stand with our feet. We could clap with our hands. We could even come to church to worship you. Thank you for the name of Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you for the sonship and daughterhood that we have in Christ Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for God's favorite house. This morning we ask that you would change our lives. Father, change our lives. Send forth your word with integrity. Send it forth with power. Send it forth with grace. And Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit will glorify your word in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We lift up our pastors, Pastor Femi and Pastor Dami, and all the leaders in this house, the workers, and the entire congregation. We pray that the grace of favor that is upon this house will be upon our individual lives in Jesus' name. Lord, we pray that all those mountains in our individual lives, those mountains that we cannot even discuss with others, that you will make them all plains in Jesus' name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Please be seated. Amen. Thank you very much. Amen. How many people know that we have a great choir in the house? And, and um, I hope once in a while you just pop over to them and just say, you know, you guys are doing a great job. Um, I say that not to patronize them, but simply because every time I get a chance to worship here, either in person or online, my wife is an ardent worshiper with the Gospel House online services, and um, we, we thoroughly enjoy the worship experience. So let's put our hands together for the choir. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Femi and Pastor Dami for having us over again um, to, to bring the word of the Lord. We, we feel so privileged and we feel blessed. I want to thank the protocol team and for the generous hospitality. I live in Lagos. Well, I have a home in Lagos. But, um, you know, they gave me a chance to come and sleep on the island with you people, you island people. And uh, I feel so refreshed. Amen. But let's get to the word of God. This morning, I bring a message titled, How Victors Think. How Victors Think. And I don't mean only those who are called victors or victor. I mean winners, overcomers. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Philippians 2, 5 to 11. I'll read from the King James Version. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In these seven verses of Scripture, the Bible is telling us in very simple words that if you want to be a winner, if you want to overcome, if you want to have a, a name 
that is above every other name, if you want to have victory over the forces of darkness, if you want to have victory over the mountains of life, if you want to be a winner, it starts by prescribing to us that we should have the mind of Christ. And the operative word there is mind, the way of thinking, the mindset. The Bible is very clear, and that's one of the things I love about the Bible, that it is plain. I mean, if you really want to be instructed in life, the Bible is very clear. The Bible clearly states in Proverbs 23, verse 7, Proverbs chapter 23, verse 7, it says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This means that where you are today is largely, largely a product of your thoughts. I'm being safe. I could easily say it is a product of your thought. But I know there are a few other things that influence where you are. But very fundamental, very central to where you are, your current state in life is very, very uh, connected to the way your mind works. I want you to think about all the people you know, if you don't believe the ones in real life, in the Bible, who were overcomers, and if you like also, who were losers. You will find out that their ways of looking at things were very different. For example, very early in the Bible, we see the story of two brothers, Cain and Abel. It was time to give to God, who had given them everything, everything they had, giving them life, giving them land to plow or to hunt on. And then one of them said, if 100% of what I have is from God, then the wise thing to do is when I want to give him something, I should give him the fattest part of it, the, the, the first part of it, the most precious part of it. And so he brought that gift to God. And God said to that brother and said to Abel, your offering is accepted. But the other one, somehow in his mind, only God knows what was in his mind, felt, what exactly has he done for me? What's the big deal? After all, I'm the farmer. I, I do all the work. And so he just brought what he thought was fit. What would have been appropriate for man, he brought it to God. You know, there's a difference between sacrifices to God and alms to man. And the Bible says God rejected him and his offering. I pray that God will not reject any of us. And if for any reason you've done anything that has caused God to be considering to reject you, may there be a turnaround today in Jesus' name. So the way you are today in your standing with God, with man, professionally, maritally, is highly dependent on how your mind works. What you will be tomorrow, what your life will be tomorrow, whether things will change for you for the better, is also dependent on how your mind works. And that's not philosophy. That is scripture. In Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Romans 12, 2, the, the apostle Paul counseled us. He said, if you want to be transformed, he said, be ye what? Transformed. By the renewing of your mind. In other words, there is a way your mind works. Or there is a way your mind worked in the past. Great. But let's leave the past behind. Let's do things differently. As I learned at a conference in our church yesterday, at which one of our brothers, our leaders in this, uh, elders in the church here, uh, also was present to speak to us. The... Emotional attachment to the past is not going to be important in the future. If you are someone who is so um, attached to your past, no matter how glorious the past is, you've got to set it aside and acquire a new way of doing things as you proceed. The Bible clearly states that you can transform your life. You can change your life. You can change your destiny. You can change your current state of mind just by just current state of life by changing the way your mind works. A few examples very quickly. If you want to be promoted in life, let us assume that in God's favorite house, 
we shouldn't be struggling for promotion in church. We shouldn't, but we do. <laughs> if you are interested in being a leader, it's a very simple process. Just look for the lowest thing to do in church and be the servant of all, of all you will suddenly discover that God will promote you even if no man promotes you. You will find that in Mark chapter 10, verse 44. Mark 10, 44. He said, whosoever of you wants to be the chief of everybody else, he must be the servant of all. When Pastor Femi and I were younger, we served together in a church. And to a very large extent, we did all the dirty work. I mean, I mean all the dirty work. I will never forget, he had been saved much longer than I had been saved. But my wife was very pregnant with our first child, I believe. And we had gone for a vigil. And we finished the vigil and then someone came from nowhere and said, oh, there was a lady who was oppressed by demons. Or she said she had seen something in her dream or something like that. And wanted the pastor to come and pray for her. So the pastor looked at Said, you know, he used to call us brothers. Said, you brothers, come and go and pray for. We'd been praying all night. And then go and pray for someone in the middle of nowhere. And we went, to, I was a younger believer. I can never forget, in, the, in a real dark apartment. I mean, it was daylight, but the apartment was dark. You know those kind of places. There was light, but there was darkness there. And then we met a lady and her husband. And the lady started by telling us how she had a dream and how a cat jumped on her stomach and scratched her stomach. <laughs> I almost ran away. <laughs> but we prayed and we thank God that he answered our prayers. The point I'm making is if you want to lead, you must learn to what? Serve. So what you experience in God's favorite house today is a product of a heart of a servant. You can change your financial status. Thank you. <laughs> you can change your financial status just by changing the way you think. If you find yourself always in lack financially, believe me, if you change your mindset about money, things will change. I'll give you one or two examples. For example, the word of God is clear that only a fool eats all he earns. So it's a wise thing to save. But perhaps a bit more uh, important about your finances is in Proverbs eleven twenty four to 25. The Bible says that if you want to increase, if you want to increase and in material terms, and, and, and I believe that applies to other things as well, it says if you see a man who scatters, who pours himself out, who releases? He said, the more he scatters, the more he increases. He said, but then if you look at the other man who withholds more, more than his due. And the operative word there is more than his due. More than his due means there's room for some investment here and there. But that is, that's, that's, that's just a portion which the financial experts will advise you about. But if you learn to give yourself away, you will increase. But if you withhold more than is due, the Bible says you will what? Reduce. I'm in my middle age, and I have been saved by God's grace now for about 19 years. I can tell you categorically that I have observed a pattern as a brother in the church and as a minister of the gospel that whenever you find someone whose mindset about money is that other people should be giving him. They should be blessing him. That person is cutting poverty. You will find out that sooner than later, the person becomes a dependent on other people. And that's not a problem. Some of us are very happy to keep giving you. You think that you are fleecing us. That's not a problem. That just keeps me where? On top. Because the Bible says it is more blessed to do what? To give than to receive which is one of our challenges as a nation. 
Everybody wants to grab for themselves. Now we finish grabbing it, there's nothing to grab anymore. But if you want to be great, if you want to be successful, you want to be financially successful, you want to be professionally successful, how can I give of myself? That's what Jesus did. The Bible says he considered it not robbery. I mean, he could have, he's God. Jesus is God. How many people believe that? He could have stayed in heaven. But he said, in order to save the world, he said, I laid down my life. No one took it away from me. That's why the Bible says, let this man be in who? You that was in Christ Jesus. Give yourself away. Make a decision this morning that every time you get into a situation, always ask yourself, how can I give to this cause? How can, I be a, how can I be a blessing to this person? How can I add to this person? The more you do that, the higher you are going to go in the name of Jesus. You can become healthy just by changing the way you think. Believe me, ask the doctors. They will tell you that when people are ill, the moment they give up hope, and they stop thinking of themselves as being well, they know the battle is lost. But some people are ill, like the testimony that we saw. Somehow those people believed that God will heal them. That's why they came for prayer. That's why they went to get attention and they got healing. But the Bible even makes it even clearer, simpler. In Proverbs 17, 22, Proverbs 17, 22, the Bible says, A merry heart... Does what? Good like a medicine. He said, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. If you find someone who is always squeezing their face, who never finds the glass half full, who is never really grateful for anything, they are always complaining. Check, they will have one or two illnesses that will refuse to go. They found out medically that there are certain diseases of the bone, for example, that are associated with the absence of joy. <laughs> That's why it's good to dance when it is time to worship and not just be a participant or an observer. Be a participant. I had a, a relation, unfortunately, who's passed on. And she passed on of things associated with what I've just talked about. Bone problems, some of it a bit mental. Not like she was psychiatric, but she was always depressed. We grew up, she, she was an aunt of mine. And so I watched her growing up. I hated her company with a passion. Because every five minutes she hissed. Unfortunately, she never got married. Because every man who passed through to come and toast her, and there were a few ladies in the house, she always ran them down. See his leg. See his head. You can become healthy just by changing the way you think. When I got married, my wife and I went to see her. We went, were passing through the city where she lived. Uh, my wife is very tender, not like me. I'm a village boy. And so I really was worried about protecting my wife from, from that environment. But, you know, she, we had to meet her. And she had exactly the same impression. She was ill. Very sad story, but I just wanted to tell you that because it is, it is real. Who's going to be joyful from today? You can choose joy. Choose joy. And you will be healthy in the name of Jesus. Do you know that you can change how people favor you professionally? In business. In relationships, by changing your attitude, your way of thinking about people. You can be an attractive personality. Oh, nobody's coming to talk to me. Nobody's doing this and so on and so forth. You can be an attractive personality just by changing your relational ability. Just by believing the best about people. Hoping against all hope. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, this is what I say to singles in our church. I encourage them all the time to have social engagements. Don't be more Christian than Jesus. You know, one day the disciples met Jesus at the well. And they said, why are you talking to this woman? You know, she, he was talking to a Samaritan woman. 
And Jesus just completely ignored the question, you know, because he was a sociable person. In Proverbs 18.24, the Bible is very clear, simple. His word is yeah and amen. He said, he that wants a friend must show himself friendly. Christmas, you won't give anybody a gift. It's their birthday. You will even forget. To give them a card, to send them a text, problem. And then you're wondering, and say, Pastor, pray for me. God must do my own again. I'm going to get married this year. How many friends? Ask yourself before you leave this church. How many friends do you have? You know, I was sharing yesterday that one of the graces that I've enjoyed in my life, and it's a grace completely, is that somehow, by one way or the other, God has helped me in, in whatever I do, no matter how little, somehow God gives me victory. So I'm sharing from experience with God. And one of the things I have learned that I find that puzzles a lot of people, both locally and when I travel abroad, is that people cannot understand how I have friends everywhere. When I came here last year, I was about to go to school um, in my middle age. So I, I moved to a city in the U.S. for the next couple of years. We've done one year now, praise God. And we moved to the city to show you how bad things were. The first Sunday we were in that city, we came from church, and my wife sat down in the city room, and she burst out into tears. I said, ah, what's the problem? So how can we come from a place where we're in the middle of a large church and friends, now we're in a place where we don't know anybody? That was in August last year. When we were going to come home on holiday, we were going to move from where we lived for the summer while we were here. You don't want to know how many people came to help us move of every race you can possibly imagine. From white to Costa Rica to Nigeria to people from at least two or three different churches. Because I won't let you rest. I will greet you. How are you? You good? I'm from Nigeria. Are you coming? We have lost count of how many parties we've had in our house. My children say, why are we always having parties? If you want to have friends... Show yourself fine. When was the last time you said to someone, come over to my house for lunch? Mm-hmm, problem. <laughs> and I, I said to them, you, you don't have to give them a feast. You, you. My father taught me, if it's biscuit, you have to give them biscuit and orange squash. That's good. Anyway, so let's go and conclude. I want to share three or four things very quickly on how your mind can help you to overcome. You see, winners think very differently from losers. People who win think differently from losers. So I want to share some things with you on how winners think as different from losers. Number one, victors. People who win always think about their end. They think about the end. They begin from the end. We have heard the scripture before that our God is one who declares the end from when? From the beginning. Victors have a vision. They have a, 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 a clear picture of the results they want to achieve. And that is a major quality of victors. Many of us want to overcome professionally, for example, but by God's grace, I have been training leaders for many years. Don't worry about how many years, but close to two decades. And consistently across all kinds of organizations, I ask people, a couple of them are here, one of them is on the protocol team. I ask them, tell me what is your vision, just five years, where do you want to be in the next five years? And I get a blank stare. I know you want to be successful, that's not a vision. What exactly do you want to achieve in the next five years, in the next ten years of your life? The Bible says Jesus Christ succeeded because he lived for the joy that was set before him. In Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, if you look at verse 2, the Bible says we should look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the word. Cross despise the shame, and now he sat down where? At the right hand of God. As he was being beaten on the way to, uh, to Calvary, as he was being crucified, the thing that motivated him, that pushed him on, was the joy that at the end of this, 
I will be seated at the right hand of my father again, and I'm going to save the world. He says, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, so that you don't be weary. Jesus refused to be distracted by people or by circumstances because he lived for the joy. Where do you want to be at the end of this year? Where do you want to, what kind of marriage do you want to have? What kind of career do you want to have? What kind of business do you want to build? We thank God for what he's doing here. And every time I come here, I see things moving. Going one step from the very first day at, 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 at Portia Hotel. One step after the other. It's a product of vision. It's vision. Being clear in your mind. Thinking about the future. Many of us only think about now. If you know that you want to succeed in future financially, then you ask yourself, how do I spend my money today? Where do I invest my money today? The Bible says don't invest where moth and rust can destroy. They say, but invest in heaven. <laughs> because you know that when there is recession on earth, you can always call upon your, your storehouse in heaven. David, like Jesus, just to use a human example in case some of you don't believe that Jesus was 100% man when he was here, also had a lesser focus on the reward. When he got to the, the battlefront and faced Goliath, in 1 Samuel 17, 26, the question he asked, what is the prize? What is the result? What is the reward for sacrificing my life? What is to be given to the man who will slay this Goliath? The others, they were concerned about other things. And no wonder David became their boss. If you want to be a winner in life, in every dimension of life, ask yourself, what is my vision? What is my purpose? What results do I expect out of life? If you take nothing away from me today, and this is something I'm very passionate about because, like I said, I have data to show that most people are completely visionless. They have no idea at all. And if excuses were permitted, it is understandable. Unfortunately, excuses are not permitted. What is your vision for your life? And let me tell you something. If you don't have a clear vision for your life, not only will you leave another man's vision, and people have no problem using you for their vision, you won't even know how to attach yourself with someone who will help you to fulfill your vision because you don't even know where you're going. Ask yourself, what is your vision? People who have no clarity of vision end up going around in circles and never hit their mark. But because of today, you will hit God's purpose for your life in Jesus' name. Someone said, if you, if you, aim, if you aim at nothing, what will happen? You will get it. <laughs> Make sure you don't leave this ground today without asking God, what exactly is your vision for my life? Number two, winners, victors, think of the cost of achieving that goal, that vision. Losers. Think that things just happen. God's favorite house is just the way it is. It's just God's grace. <laughs> the Bible says, can I continue to do the wrong thing and expect grace to what? To abound. <laughs> to win, you must always consider the cost of your vision. This is what I want to achieve. What will it cost me? In Luke chapter 14, 26 to 33, Luke 14, 26 to 33, Jesus Christ said, if your vision is to be my disciple, if you want to be like me, because a disciple is to be as his master. He said, the secret is simple. He said, you must hate everything. Your father, your mother, your brother, your sisters, your life, your whole life. And then you'll be like me. What does that mean? Because Jesus is love. So he couldn't definitely have meant that we should be haters. What he was simply saying is... When you compare your love for God to all other things, your love for other things must pale into insignificance, including your life. Throw yourself away. Give yourself away. If you want to make heaven, that is. Victors, think deep about the cost of success. Jesus Christ knew that if, if I'm going to get some things right, I need to fast. He said, some things goes out, but by prayer and what? Fasting. <laughs> I always tell them, I, 
I'm not a good, uh, you know, Pastor Femi has always been more disciplined as far as fasting is concerned. But I tell them, when it is time to fast, I don't need anybody to tell me how to fast. I know that there are some things that, in order to get them, we have to enter the place of what? Fasting. That, that's a simple discipline. You do, the church, corporate fast, good. But by yourself, you must understand that to succeed in life, one of our brothers who came to speak yesterday is the MD of a mortgage bank. He's my, been my friend for many years. When he took over the organization, he didn't say that publicly yesterday. He would say, Shola, don't worry. This problem I'm facing, all I need to ask myself is how many days fasting is the price? What is the price? This one is seven days fasting. This one is 21 days. This one is 100 days. Praise God. Prayer. Many of us don't, you know, you, you, you think that the testimonies just come without prayer. But the Bible says in Luke 18 verse 1, it says, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. It says, if you will pray and not faint, he said, don't you worry. God, who is not unrighteous, will avenge you speedily. What is the cost? You know, I'm sure it's not like that here. But in many churches, the prayer meeting is the least attended service. It has never ceased to puzzle me. Because I say, but you want testimony. But the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Once you've articulated your vision and you're clear, you must now build your capacity. Count your costs and then build your capacity. You must have capacity to achieve your vision. When David went at Goliath, he didn't go empty-handed. He went with at least two major ammunitions. One was his stones. He didn't go with one stone. He went with five stones. Because he knew that if he threw one stone and that stone didn't get there, if, and he didn't have a replacement. I'm sure you watch many movies where the bullet finished inside the gun. That's always the beginning of trouble for the actor. <laughs> he went with five smooth stones and he went with the name of Jesus. We went, name, he said, I come against, he said, you come against me in the name of your gods with sword and spirit, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. You find that in 1 Samuel 17, 40 to 46. What is your capacity level to be who you want to be? I want to get married. Are you sure? Do you have the capacity to be a wife? Do you have the capacity to be a husband? Because it's not easy to be a husband. Amen? <laughs> Praise God. Do you, you want to be a professional. Do you have the capacity to do so? What is your capacity to be who you want to be? What are you doing to upscale your capacity? Are you reading? Are you studying? Are you learning anything afresh? You want to start a business. Do you have the capacity for relationships? Or do you just have people that are your friends from your village? Ask yourself, what is your capacity for your destination? And begin to work on it. Number three, victors never think of losing. Those who will win in life never entertain the thought of losing. Because the moment you entertain the thought of losing, you will lose. How many people rode bicycles when they were young? Chopper. You know, us, you know, I mean, I'm sure the kids still ride bicycles. When I was learning how to ride a bicycle, I, it took me a while. Because when I move the thing, I'm thinking it's going to fall. And guess what happens? It falls. Until I understood that you don't keep looking down, you just look straight and you pedal. And the thing keeps going. Winners never think of losing. On the other hand, losers, and forgive me for using such a strong word, but I want it to, to strike home. Those who don't win, who lose out in different circumstances of life, they lose because they always think about losing. losing. They are the ones who will always think about the downside of things. Downside. They are the ones who see the giants in the land. My wife tells me that I'm too optimistic. But that's why it always happened for me optimistically. <laughs> I just never entertain the thought. Not entertain is the word. Not that it doesn't cross my mind, but I perish the thought. Because I know that the Bible has told me that if God be for me, who can be against me? 
The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Our Lord Jesus Christ, as he went to the cross, the Bible says, let this man be in you that was in Christ. He never once thought that death would defeat him. Long before he was crucified, in Luke 9.22, he said, the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised on the third day. <laughs> he said, he's, he's, I'm going to die, no problem, but I'm coming out. <laughs> Tell your neighbor you're coming out. <laughs> And you are going higher. No matter what you face now. U.S. Racism is still a big deal. Whether you like it or not. How come therefore a black man became the president of America? It is completely unfathomable. Because even in the most cosmopolitan of cities, the average white man does not believe the black man has a lot going up in his head. But if the black man agrees for that to settle, then he will remain under. But Obama said, yes, you can. And he has <laughs> canned. <laughs> they don't like him, but that's their business. Who cares? He's their president. <laughs> they might not like you, but you're going to win. In the name of Jesus. Winners never entertain thoughts of failure. They are as bold as a lion. Their confidence is in God. When David went at Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 45 to 48, I, I never occurred to you that didn't this guy think that this 10-foot giant could just throw him away? He just went at it. If I'm going to die, let me die. Let me die trying. <laughs> but you never die. You always win. <laughs> Winners confront opposition head on. In Numbers 13, 26 to 31, the losers said there are giants in the land. They will kill us. We are like grasshoppers because their mindset was that they were what? In the mighty name of Jesus. Everything that makes you think that you are small is dying today in Jesus' name. Because you are not small at all. Your beginning might be little, but your end shall be greatly enlarged in Jesus' name. Winners never think like losers. Joshua and Caleb, the Bible says they had a different kind of spirit. That different kind of spirit is coming upon you today in Jesus' name. The spirit of the overcomer. They said, yes, there are giants in the land. No doubt. But the God who has helped us in the past, he will help us again. The God who brought you out of the womb alive is going to help you again. David said, the God who delivered me from the hand of the lion... And the bear, Goliath, he will put you under my feet. You must decide never to group think. Never to follow the herd. People die following the herd. You are peculiar. Many years ago, very sadly, we had a major tragedy in Lagos. Somewhere in Isolo. You know, the, remember the story? There were bombs or something going off somewhere. Nobody knew where they were coming from. Ah, bomb, bomb, bomb. And everybody went and just ran into the canal. And died. Group think. You must never, ever, ever entertain the thought of failure. And you will never fail again in Jesus' name. Finally, victors. And this is perhaps the most important part of our discussion this morning. Winners take their thoughts to positive action. Execution. Individuals, families, organizations, and sometimes churches fail in this area. Thank God that we are action people as, an, as a, an, as an assembly here. Stop analyzing and analyzing and analyzing. Just do something. Jesus Christ was a person of action. In Acts 10, 38, he said, the Bible says concerning, he says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing good and healing those who are oppressed of the devil. He was a person of action. He went from here to there. Doing what he was supposed to do. Once you are clear on your actions, on your vision, go ahead and just do it. Do you know that failure is not defeat? Do you know that the fact that you failed once, <laughs> we have a president now who has exemplified that. Failure does not, that's not the end of your life. I have failed before. 
I had a business that collapsed in three months and sent me into serious problems. But that was before I knew Jesus. 14 years now, I have run a business that runs even though I live at least 24 hours away from here. <laughs> because now I have Jesus and because I was, able to, I was willing to try again. Who's willing to try again? Never, ever, ever stop trying. Act. But losers, they always think and never do. In Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 7, so for in the multitude of dreams and many words, there are many vanities. <laughs> vision without action is a daydream. But action without vision will give you nightmares. <laughs> you need the vision, but you need the action. Winners are artful finishers. And I'm finishing now. They always do a complete job. No excuses. I want to appeal to you in the name of Jesus. That for the rest of your life from today, that word called excuse, the reason why I didn't do this thing, delete it from your life and, you know, format your hard disk. Tell yourself that you will never give an excuse for failure again. Do you know that when we get to heaven and we are standing before the great white throne of God, the Bible says a book of life is going to be open. So whose name that is not found there will be cast into the lake of fire? It won't matter whether it was your husband that made you not to surrender to Jesus. It won't matter whether it was the pastor who dis disappointed you in your former church. It won't matter whether it's your wife or your brother or your father. It will not matter at all. That is just to tell you that God does not understand excuses at all. Adam said, and that's where the curse came from. Adam said, it was the wife that you gave me that made me to fail you. Did God accept the excuse? No. Stop giving excuses. Think results. Think achievement. I'm going to do this thing for God. I'm going to do this thing for my family. I'm going to do this for myself. And then, as I have discovered time and time again, it is as if when you step out in faith, to do that with God has laid upon your heart, it's as if all heaven arises to help you. And when heaven arises to help you, you know you can never lose again. Winners think vision, big picture. They think about the cost and they pay the price. They never think of losing. And then they finish well. You will finish well in Jesus' name. As we close the word section, I, I want to make two calls. There are some of us here who, when we look at our lives, and after this message, and maybe even before the message, because many times God will have brought you here, already have, will have given you your message before you came to church. And the pastor just confirms it. When you look at your life, you see that concerning this matter of being an overcomer in the different circumstances of your life, you need help. You need God to help you. You need something more serious than your own self-effort. The Bible says, except the Lord builds a house, those who are laboring are laboring in vain. Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. And so you are saying, Pastor, will you please pray with me? Can you please agree with me in prayer? I want to surrender my affairs to Jesus. I want to open the doors of my life. I want to hand over the reins of my life, the controls of my life to Jesus. So that this weary, this endless cycle of defeat can end. I've been trying to stand, but I seem, I'm bogged down by the challenges of life. I'm bogged down with sin. The pleasures of sin that I thought were pleasurable have become, I've left a sour taste in my mouth. You say, Pastor, will you please pray with me? I want to, I want, if God can help a man, if God can help a woman, he must come into my affairs today and help me. That's the first call. And then the second and last call, in your case, you know, you are, you are a child of God. You, you've given your life to Jesus. But for some reason or the other, it's as if 
failure is attached to you. I have seen people like that. It's as if it's when they join the organization, the organization fails. If everything is working well, when they entered, I mean, you remember Jonah. Jonah, the, when he entered that boat, the boat almost capsized. I said, who helped? Is this Jonah? Throw him off. In every circumstance of your life, you can tell that there is, it's like a spell, a curse, a cycle of defeat. From literally when you are young, there seemed to be a spell of failure in your life. And you are saying, Pastor, if God can set me free from this one, I'm going to serve him even more. I want to testify that from now on, failure is gone from my life. So with all heads bowed as we thank the Lord for speaking to us this morning. If you are in the first category and you are saying, uh, I need help from God, but I really don't have a relationship with him. Or things have gone bad in my relationship with him. I have gone astray. Now I want to come back to Jesus. Will you please lift up your hand wherever you are. God bless you. God bless you. I knew God had spoken to some people before I came. Lift up your hand boldly so they can put a card in it. God bless you. I, I need help. If God doesn't help me, I'm finished. But I know God can help a man. If you are raising up your hand, raise your hand. There's another hand. Raise, raise it above. God bless you. There's a hand. If he doesn't help me concerning this relationship, this career, this business, in my walk with God, I'm finished. So I want him to come and take charge of my life. And then maybe, God bless you, there's another hand waving here. There's another hand. Maybe you've given your life to him before, but you, you backslid him. And that's easy in this challenging world of ours. But today you want to make a one-time commitment. There's a hand there. You want to make a one-time final commitment that, okay, now, I want this new creation situation to be my reality. I want to be a new, I want to be creation in Christ. I, I want to be a, a conqueror through Jesus Christ. So I'm rededicating my life to him. Keep bringing your hands up. Once you've got a card, you can bring your hand down. And then the second and last category, if in your case, it's as if there's a cycle of defeat. You never can seem to get it right. You know it's not everybody because your brother, your sister, they go to the same place, they open the door for them. But you, they shut the door in your face. And you're saying, Pastor, please pray with me. Let's pray together today that the God of heaven who made Jesus a conqueror will make me a conqueror. If you're in that category, together with those who raised their hands and got a card. I want you to please come forward. As a church, we want to play, pray with you. That's what church is about. Together, we want to put an end to this force that is trying to lock you down from fulfilling your destiny. Come, come quickly because of our time. Come. If you've got a card, come. Make sure you bring your card with you so we can distinguish those who need the counseling. And as you come, I want you to cry to God and say, Father, no, 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 no. If, if I'm truly your son, this failure must end. This two steps forward, two steps backward must end. There must be advancement spiritually, materially, ministerially. I want to strike out for you now. I want to press forward. Thank you, Heavenly Father. If you are coming, please do so quickly. Thank you, Most High God. Blessed be your holy name. Can, can we all please stand as a church? Because there are certain spiritual things that need the, the, the combined prayer of the brethren to, to deal with. And I want us to lift up our hands to heaven in supplication to God and ask that his power will come mightily. That his fire will come mightily to break every yoke, to break every chain of failure. Every chain of circular movement. That every defeat of the past will be turned around now to the glory of God. Let's lift up our hands in supplication for our brothers and sisters and even for ourselves also. Thank you, Lord. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Now let's all pray this last prayer point for ourselves before I round up. I want you to pray for yourself. And say, Father, that mind that was in Christ Jesus, that is still in him till now, let that mind be in my mind. Give me that kind of mind. Let the seat of my thoughts be transformed today. Give me the heart of a winner. A lion's heart to overcome every challenge. Never to balk at a challenge in my life again. To refuse failure. The Bible says, though the righteous fall seven times, it shall arise again. Cry to God and say, Father, give me the heart of a winner. Help me, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Father, we thank you for the privilege to receive from you this morning. Thank you for your sons and daughters that you've drawn to yourself in a new relationship with you. They couldn't have come unless you drew them yourself. So, Father, Lord, we pray in agreement with them today that you set their feet on the rock to stay. Let the blood that conquers Satan, the blood that wipes away all sin, wash away all their sins. We ask that your Holy Spirit will fill them with the identity of sonship and daughterhood in Christ. Lord, we ask that from today, for everyone who is standing before you today saying they need an end to failure, an end to losses in life. Lord, we stand in the name of Jesus and we declare that today is the last day of failure in our lives in the name of Jesus. Lord, no matter what the obstacle may be, no matter how high the mountain, from today we declare to that mountain that who are you, O mountain? You shall become a plain in the name of Jesus. For the rest of our lives, Father, in that name that is above every other name, be our help, be our strength. Let every loss in our lives be transformed even into profit. Let it be for our good. Let it be to the glory of your holy name. And Father, Lord, as we begin to win, let the testimony of our victories bless our world, bless others, bless nations in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. Amen. God bless you.